today on the We Invested podcast, we have Morgan Terra, songwriter, influencer, genius, all of the above, man. Morgan, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It was a hour-long pre-conversation before the conversation. Yeah, catching up. Catching up, man, and just just reaffirming the genius in you. I'm excited for this episode. I'm excited to learn more. Thank you for joining. But before we get Thanks started, would you mind? Me. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it's my pleasure. But before we get started, would you mind letting the people know how they can find you on the internet, whether it's social media, website, whatever it is? How can people get in contact with you? Um, all of my social links are Morgan Terra. So everything is at Morgan Terra. And my website is being developed as we speak. There's a lot going on, so we are in progress. It's a lot to talk about, man. So let's just start from the top, man. Start it off from the beginning and talk about, you know, where you from, where you are from, and where you grew up. Um, so I am from a small town in North Carolina. Goes by the name of Elm City. Uh, it's in Wilson County, or right outside Wilson County. So I lived there till I was about 14, and then I moved to Winston-Salem. So I'm a North Carolina girl through and through. Shout out to Went to college in North Carolina. My dog has joined the chat, by the way. He's in there. Absolutely. Let's go. <laughs> Shout out to Nico. Yeah, man. So, you know, growing up in North Carolina, you mentioned you were a small town girl. Mm-hmm. How did that impact your outlook on life and success? Um, It just made me want to be more creative and like want to discover what life was like outside of a small small country town or outside of just like what I saw. Cause I always felt like there was the bigger things out there and I would see like shows on TV or watch movies. And I would just be like, I wanna, I wanna do that. I wanna see that type of life or just experience it in this lifetime. So for sure it just made me have like a expanded outlook on life period absolutely so it made you want to do more like it just made you want to go out there and travel and see the world yeah because you know I I grew up on a farm so it was a 25 acre farm so there was nothing around me so all you have is imagination and creativity and that's when I decided that I want to when I would watch movies I just like I want to go there I want to see that life I want to know what that's like so that's what I did Absolutely, man. And we were talking earlier and um, we were talking earlier and I was saying, like, I feel like you're a genius to make it from North Carolina to, to where you've gone. And I don't want to, like, give too much away or or jump ahead in the story. But I just wanted to make sure I got that on record. Like, yo, I felt like you were a genius when I first met you. And I was, like, super intimidated to go say something. But Ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. But but one of the one of the cooler things is you know we went to school together, mm-hmm. whatever. And after school, after you graduated, you moved to California. You moved to LA. I mean, that's a huge mm-hmm. step. It takes a lot to move away from everything that you know, everything that you're comfortable with, everything that you're familiar with, family, friends, whatever the case may be. So I just wanted to talk a little bit about and and get your perspective on moving from North Carolina now out to California and living in L.A. 
which is like the mecca for creativity and, and, and growth and music and everything that it is that you do. So, I mean, like, how was that experience moving from North Carolina over to L.A.? Well, that was that was intense, to say the least. Um, it was kind of a long story because I, I, it kind of looked like I just, you know, was like, I'm going to go to L.A. as soon as I graduate, which was what I had already known. Um, but the, the full story, the interesting story was when I was in college, because I studied international business, I got an intern, not an internship, I got a study abroad trip. And uh, we had to go to London to um, tour the financial district. So it was a couple of upperclassmen and I was the only freshman that could go just because I was pleading with my advisors that I need to, I need to understand like what they know. And we were, they were touring the banking systems, financial systems. And we have, um, Camden University was partnered with Reading University outside of London. So we went, Thank God they let me go. And uh, they had us meet up with a Campbell alum at the time. And that Campbell alum is no under no other than the iconic music video director, Dax, who was not like well known at the time, but now he is very well established. You know, music videos with Migos, he did the fancy video. He hadn't done that at the time. But he was just telling me his story, all of us, we were all at dinner. And he was just saying, you know, I went to Campbell. I'm from London. I know what it's like to be an international student. You know, should you guys want to come here? This is what you can expect. So you won't have so much culture shock. And I don't know what made me say this at the end of that dinner. But I said, hey, can I have your email? I would love to intern for you because um, he was living in L.A. And I was like, I'd love to intern for you. And he was doing videography, which I know nothing about. I didn't then, I don't know. And he was like, yeah, sure. Like, if you if you really mean it, I'll give you my email. We'll see. And I emailed him as soon as I got back to the U.S. And I was like, hi, I, I'm just, you know, going, going through my sophomore year. I would love to intern for you. And he gave me the internship. So I came out for a summer in L.A. And I got a chance to really see the creative process as saw the hard work that it took I was able to meet um some some more like smaller local artists and uh it was just such an impactful experience because it was unlike anything I had ever witnessed firsthand but it was everything that I knew I wanted to do so I called my mom and I was like mom I want to drop out of college I'm going to live in LA and she said you're absolutely not dropping out of college um I already paid your tuition you're going to finish this and then you can see if you want to live there. So that's how I ended up in LA. I was like, okay, I'll graduate. And I, the whole time I was just like emailing constantly any artist I met, anybody I knew in videography. And I was just like, hey, I'm going to move to LA as soon as I graduate. Um, what do I need to know? And how can I move forward like productively? And they were no, all very generous. <laughs> no, that's incredible, bro. And just to hear about the hunger and, you know, from our conversation earlier, it's always been like a constant theme of like fearlessness, like even going, even, even talking or, or rewinding back to college, you weren't mm -hmm. afraid to go to uh, London, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And travel abroad and go out there and chase your dreams and talk to the people and network with the people that you needed to get to know. You weren't afraid to ask those questions. 
what was that experience like for you in London? Was that like uh-huh. mind blowing? Like how, how did that feel going to London? Basically on a business trip, even though it was for school, you yeah. were out there handling business with a business <laughs> mindset. So how was that trip to London for you? Well, it was a combination of things. I just want to say, I, I don't think of myself as fearless because half the time I'm terrified. I am so scared, but there's just something when you, when you really are scared, you kind of have to like jump on the other side of fear, even for a second. And that was what all those things were. I was terrified to go to London. I was like 18 years old, a freshman in college, wow. no other underclassmen were going um, the school of business was like, aren't you a freshman? <laughs> Cause it was an upperclassman trip, but I was just saying, you know, I, I was studying international business and I was like, I think it would be beneficial for me to actually see outside the United States. And I really wanted to go to London. So I just, the whole semester, I was just trying to prove myself. I was being super involved in class and I was just like, I got this, like I can do this. And when we got there, it wasn't so much of a culture shock because they did such a good job of prepping us for the differences that we can expect. But it was so eye-opening because we were in school all day and then we toured the banking systems throughout the day. But for it to be a trip for the School of Business, they let us like go to the Globe Theater and see like a Shakespeare play. And I just thought wow. that happened here. Like that that history is here and we're standing in the globe theater and i was hearing house music for the first time and jazz music for the first time like in an actual setting outside of like the south and it was just like i could do this for the rest of my life i i could do this for the rest of my life i don't know how much work it's going to take to experience this but i fell in love i it's honestly still like the best memory I have. It was my first time out of the country and it was just the ability to step outside of just I'm terrified but I'm going to ask you this anyway. Worst thing you can say is no. And if you say no, I'm going to keep asking so that I can get a yes and hopefully it'll work out. Absolutely, man. And that's that's one of the the like many characteristics or many traits that I've heard from all successful entrepreneurs is like one you're not afraid to ask questions like mm-hmm. the curiosity is there and then two is I mean I said this earlier but just the hunger of like emailing and being on top of your advisors being on top of the teachers like yo I want to go here this is what I want to do mm-hmm. and it just shows it is like it's undeniable like nobody denied you nobody said no like this is incredible all based off of the hunger and the 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 um the thirst for knowledge like it's it's an amazing thing and it's an incredible thing I mean yeah, and, you know also I didn't I didn't expect to meet that that was a total no one knew who he was we didn't know who he was he was yeah. just we were we knew we were going to meet an alumna from the university we didn't know who we were meeting so that was also a pleasant surprise that changed my life so shout out to Dal because I was aggravating I know but I was just like yeah I need to I need to get to LA. Um, can I intern? <laughs> exactly. Now that persistence and it paid off. I mean, mm-hmm. you were able to develop a great relationship, a long-term, long-lasting relationship from that. I mean, yeah. and you know, I might have jumped around in the story a bit because I'm a little excited myself. But <laughs> I wanted to ask you, and I wanted to understand, 
you know, moving from North Carolina, that small town, and then moving out to LA, which is, you know, like the center of fashion, the center of entertainment, the center of, you know, social media and the influencers and just like this different type of lifestyle from North Carolina. How was that transition for, for you personally? Was it ever intimidating? I mean, what was going through your mind when you realized, okay, I'm really moving to LA. This is a real thing. Um, it still is intimidating sometimes, uh, but it definitely was intimidating when I first got here. I just knew I had to make a plan for myself. And though things won't always go according to plan, I had to be able to work around what I had set up for myself. So um, when I first got here, I was absolutely terrified because now it was like you're living here. This isn't an internship. This isn't like someone's going to be guiding you every step of the way you are officially living in L.A. Um, so it was kind of hard to keep up. But eventually I kind of just found my own pace and I never really strayed away from who I was which was really important. So everyone always knew me as the girl from North Carolina. There was no like exciting backstory. It was just like, she came from North Carolina. She wants to eat like at all times of the day and the most unhealthy things. And my friends were like, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna just try to like make you a little bit more polished. But it was intimidating, but you know, you kind of get used to it and you find your comfort zones and you find like where you're fitting in. And for me, it was just music. So I would just go to live shows and spend time with the musicians because we have the most in common. We're all like a bunch of misfits, honestly. So why not hang with each other's friends? Absolutely, man. I mean, it, you know, <laughs> you 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 moved to LA, and I feel like, man, you're you have to be a genius to figure out how to get out of North Carolina and get to LA, and you know, and, and actually stay there because a lot of people move. And they're there for a year or two, and then they're they're gone, they're out of there, they're back home. So to yeah. be out there for the amount of time that you've you've been out there, man, I mean, like you're a vet at this now, like you're you're a veteran for sure. Um, absolutely, man. And it's it's interesting. You you went to L.A. and became a songwriter. And that's why, you know, and that's why I respect you. <laughs> the whole theme of like the We Invested podcast is that we interview the bosses. We interview the thinkers. We interview the entrepreneurs. We interview the people that make things happen, the people that make things go. And that's what I respect about it. It's like you're a songwriter. You're pulling the strings. You, you're creating a new wave for the next generation or whatever the case may be. But I just want to get a like a deeper understanding of, you know, how do you define a songwriter? What is that specifically? So to me, and based off of what I do, um, I'm a lyricist and a pianist. So I will build an entire song off of a piano. And if I can't find the words to it, I can collaborate with other lyricists. Or I will go into a session, I hear a loop, like a guitar loop, and I will write an entire piece to that guitar loop. So that's lyrics, that's melodies, that's the bridge, that's the backing vocals, it's all the above happening at the same time. And um, for me, it's just like, it's the ability to create out of nothing, really. You have seven keys and that's it. 
Like you just have to take what's inside, what you feel, and then put it on paper. So that's what I've been doing. And how did you get started in this industry? How did you get started in the music? What was that initial spark that like got you interested in this and made you be like, yo, this is what I want to like focus on. This is what I want to make my career. This is the direction that I want to head in. Um, I told my mom I wanted to sing when I was five. And she put me in church choir. And then I was still persistent about wanting to sing when I was six. So she made me learn piano. And my entire life, I was either in church choir or like high school choir. And we would go on national competitions like to Disney World and we would compete. And my chorus teacher was amazing, but she made us study music. So we had to break down composers like Moses Hogan and the John Rutter Requiem. We had to break it down, know your parts, know the notes inside and out. And sometimes when you're practicing so much, you're like resentful, but I actually fell in love with the process and it kind of just stuck with me. Cause in college I was thinking like, oh, I'll just go into finance, I'm good at it. But music was always there and it was always kind of calling me. So when I got the chance, I was like, you know, I can write too if you guys need anything. And if someone gives you the opportunity, all you can do is prove yourself that you've known what you can do this whole time. And I just went for it. So okay, I got this. I'm good to go. Exactly. No, and like that's one of the most important things. That's one of the most important things that I think has been said on the podcast is that you fell in love with the process. Like 99% of people fall in love with the outcome of what it brings them, like with the success that comes with it, with the nightlife, with the notoriety, whatever the case may be. But I feel like once you fall in love with the process, once you fall in love with practicing, once you fall in love with understanding how to read music or understand the music theory, whatever the case may be, Mm-hmm. that's when you become really successful and that's when it, it builds that amazing foundation because you love the process you love the journey mm-hmm. you get what i'm saying so that's I like do. the real that's the real beauty of it man and, uh, i, I want to understand deeper how do you think your upbringing in music playing in the church going to these different competitions these different events how do you think those action steps benefited you today like where you are now I think it gave me an understanding for what takes place in the background because like you said some some people do just they they love the outcome and I don't think there's anything wrong with it you know you you are who you are you love what you love but for me it was just embodying the like the emotions and Mm. being able to be raw in your thought process and being surrounded by people who are kind of like-minded because as a songwriter sometimes you feel misunderstood especially when you put a lot into a project and that artist doesn't want it or no one wants it or the producers don't really like the song so it, it takes a lot of you know once you grow up in it, because when you're doing rehearsals and stuff, certain things aren't working. Certain notes are clashing. There's too much dissonance. Like it happens, but you get through it. And then you live for that moment of the performance. You live for the moment where it's all brought together and it's seamless and it's beautiful. And I enjoy every ounce of that. So I think just growing up 
I, I'm so thankful my mom decided to put me in like choir and theater because that requires rehearsals. That requires time spent trying to, you know, work together cohesively to perfect something. And it's really hard to do that if you've never really grown up in it. Well, I don't know. I, it would be hard for me because I grew up in it. So I couldn't imagine just, you know, being like, oh, I just want to write music. But it, it's really about storytelling and it's about writing from your perspective, but being able to step outside of your perspective and write from the perspective mm. of somebody else or like another artist or somebody, even like sometimes it's not about me. It's just something I saw one night at dinner. And I was like, this would be, this is interesting. <laughs> this is something worth writing about. No, I mean, and that makes a lot of sense. And it, it shows like, that you're a very, I don't know if I'm going to say this right, but like um, self-awareness has to be really important in my assumption yeah. because you just mentioned that you have to tap into certain emotions. Even mm -hmm. if you're, so I can imagine like you going to the studio and, it, and somebody being like, yo, we want an emotional vibe or we want a breakup song or whatever the case may be. If you're not in that state of mind, being able to put yourself in that state of mind to write from that perspective is mm -hmm. a crazy talent and a crazy skill to have. I mean, it takes being being able to be um, observant. That's another thing yeah. that I just picked up. Like, you can see something cool and be like, ooh, that'll be a crazy song mm -hmm. to write about. It'll be something super dope to write about. So, I mean, just being able to tap into these different emotions is extremely important, and you have to know yourself in order to do that. But, you know, something that I wanted to ask is, like, what is your creative process like? When you know you have to go in the studio, you know you have to write something, do you like to only write in the studio or do you write when you get inspired by something? Like, what is your process like? Well, if I'm ever, um, if I'm ever just like struck with inspiration, I just put it on my voice note on my phone. So if it's like a melody or if it's even just lyrics, I just speak the lyrics into my phone. Um, but I, when I know I'm going to the studio, if I, if I don't know the artist, I usually like to have like a little sit down and just be like, you know, what, what vocal range are you comfortable with? Um, what do you feel? What do you want to say? Do you already have an idea? Cause sometimes we'll have an instrumental or, or we'll have a fully produced track. They just need lyrics and vocals. Um, so I'll come in and I'll just be like, you know, what are you, what are you feeling when you hear this? And we can go from there because that way I actually know where your head is. And then I can just mm. fill in or color in the blank spaces. But I already know what you're kind of feeling. But sometimes people give me full range. So I'll go to the studio by myself. And it'll be me, um, some engineers. And it'll be about an hour or two before the artist even gets there. And I'll try, if, I, if there's a loop playing, I'll write two songs to the same loop. Mm. So I'll pretty much do a day and night version. Like if it's something really bright, I'll do something bright, fun, charismatic, because it's usually a really stripped down with like a guitar. And I'll write something bright, fun. And then on the other side, I was like, if they're feeling a bit more emotional or raw, it could also be this way. And then we'll have that conversation. Then I lean into whichever version they're feeling and build off of that. So that's really, really fun to do. Um, but I don't always, I don't always write in the studio. Sometimes I write up in my house. Sometimes I go to the beach and just sit down and just get out all of my thoughts onto a piece of paper and then 
bring it up maybe like two, three days later. Once once those same melodies keep playing in my head, three days later, I'm like, okay, you know what? This might be catchy because I haven't forgotten it yet. And then we just go in with the crew. We start working. Absolutely, man. So it seems like it's like a mix of things. Like sometimes you're playing off the energy of the person that you're writing for. And then sometimes you're going off a vibe that you caught on your own just by going to the beach, catching a nice sunset, going to get a good dinner. You just catch a vibe and then just write based off of that. Now, I mean, that's incredible. Do you feel like, this may be kind of a redundant question, but do you feel like there's a mode where you're most comfortable in or like, okay, this is this is how I produce my best work? Or is it all just based off of vibe and the energy and the time? I think for a long time, uh, I was really honed in on being super independent as a writer which was it's not a it's not a great thing to do like it was just more of I wanted to prove that I could write everything by myself and um like a couple years ago maybe two years ago I started doing more collaborations so I would work I would work as a co-writer and it was so much more eye-opening because you you can't really have a sense of ego and perform well you, it's just, it don't work that way because sometimes it's just not what a, what somebody wants or sometimes it's just not good enough like you did put too many words in there it's unnecessary you need to dial it back and to have a collaborative space I think it's kind of making things a little bit more fun for me because now I'll bring in something. And if everybody's like, no, that's good how it is, you're excited. And then you play the next track and they're like, okay, so we are going to all hands on deck with this one. We're just going to split it up. And I think it's a lot more fun that way because then you can feed off of other people's ideas. You can learn different methods of writing because some people, some sessions are fun. Like their sessions are music on full blast. Everybody's having a great time. And then, I'm in studio B with like a piano. <laughs> it's just real sad in there. And, and then you just hop into theirs and you just have a more creative environment because you can't, you can't really do it all by yourself. So collaborating is my, the funnest thing I can do. And I love when the artist is there because then they go straight into the booth every time you have an idea. And if it works, everybody's excited. And it's just like having a really fun experience. Like you can't do that by yourself. By yourself, it's just mostly overthinking and hating what you wrote and the vicious cycle. But now it's kind of like, okay, no, we got something. We were good together. We understand what's going on. So I really, really love that. And I'm looking forward to this year. I have some more, hopefully, some more collaborations happening. So I'm really, really having a fun time doing that now. Nah, that's awesome, man. And like <laughs> you hear you hear about these like intensive writing camps where like a bunch of different artists will go into one space and just write for one whatever artist and mm -hmm. then see what they come up with and I think that's super dope like you said man you yeah. just like feeling the energy feeling the vibes and everybody's feeding off of each other and so that makes for like great great creativity no matter what field you're in whether it's music whether it's mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying entrepreneurship whatever the case may be those different perspectives help um contribute to the greater goal like the greater cause and i think that's incredible yeah. um, and we all want the same thing we want we all want a really amazing outcome so if you, if you all have the same vision it's just 
the creative process is just more freeing than anything. It doesn't feel like any ounce of competition. It doesn't feel nothing strange. It just like a freeing experience because we all have the same goal, you know? So that's Absolutely. always fun. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I mean, and to even even to get into these rooms and to be able to co collaborate with different writers and different artists and different producers, engineers, um, you know, just different aspects of the music industry of the music business. Before you get to that step, you have to network. You have mm -hmm. to go out and meet people and make these valuable connections, meaningful connections. And, you know, I, I, you've done it like thousands of times you've done it so many times it probably just feels like it's it's uh like second nature at this point but networking and putting yourself out there and telling people your dreams and sharing your goals with people is a really hard skill to hone and like maintain it's something that takes practice so you know what has been like some of the benefits that you've seen that uh, come from networking and how did you like focus on it or get over that fear of like putting myself out there and letting people know my dreams um so my my way of networking was going to when I first moved to LA I went to a blockchain event which I know is probably day and night but it was a blockchain event um for music so and it was back in 2017 late 2017 so it was just putting music on blockchain, how it aids independent writers and artists, um, what that means for labels. And this event had record labels, it had independent artists, it had people in finance. And we all were in the room for a reason. And when you go to things that have panels, everybody's in the room for a reason. So it makes it a little bit easier, especially if you're like me, like I get nervous. I've never walked into the rooms like, oh, hey, I'm a songwriter. Like, I, I can't do that. I don't know why, but thank God my friends can because they'll be like, mm. she writes music. You need to talk to her. Um, <laughs> but going into things like that and navigating a space that you feel is in your safety net makes it a lot easier. So I, I would do that in the beginning. I would do, I still go to little jazz, uh, jazz spots like in in Hollywood and I would just listen to the artists because sometimes it's like an open mic so that they'll bring up new artists and if I hear a voice that I think is amazing and they're new I still feel a little comfortable and I'm like oh hey I write music like I think your voice is amazing um this is my information if you ever want to you know drop by or if you need a songwriter like I'd love to have a conversation with you and because you're all in the room and everybody enjoys music in that room or they wouldn't be there and everybody loves art in that room or they wouldn't be there. And it makes it kind of take the stress off because you're enjoying your space, but you're also making yourself valuable. And even if you don't speak to somebody, the biggest thing I've learned in this city was even if you walked into a room and you didn't say anything, somebody probably saw you. So the next time you go into a similar space, you'll probably run into the exact same people and they're going to be like, oh, were you at so-and-so's show like two weeks ago? I, you look familiar. And that way, just being out and putting yourself in places that are within the realm of what you want to do 
it makes it it's pivotal like it makes it easier but it's still pivotal and you'll get more comfortable with it and then eventually you can just be like oh wait i do do this and sometimes people are like oh morgan wrote this great song for me i'd love for you to like work with her she's actually really great and it kind of your work starts to speak for itself and it builds off of that so you have to if you're nervous if you're like a nervous molly you just kind of ease into it just like go someplace that you know everybody is like-minded so it's not too far-fetched <laughs> that'll help a lot <laughs> absolutely man and so it's like repetitions it's like repetition yeah. you have and to do it practice. It, it, exactly. it's a practice skill some people are naturally great at it and for those people i have no advice i could actually stand to learn something i'm not that great so that is just my process i just i go that where I know we all kind of have a similar understanding. We all do the same thing. And now I'm a little bit more comfortable. And if I'm lucky, somebody will be like, oh, I remember you. You work with someone. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I do. Hi. Nah, that's that's <laughs> super dope, man. And, you know, something I appreciate about it, um, something I appreciate, and, and it's, it's a question that I want to ask you, but something I really appreciate is you say you go to jazz clubs. You go and find these different vibes. Like mm-hmm. the hunger is still there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're 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 seeking the inspiration. You're looking for it. You're being active and chasing your dreams. You're taking those steps, bro. And I, and I and I commend that. But I want to ask, what are some of your personal like inspirations? Because you're being asked a lot of times, and I'm only assuming. Correct me if I'm wrong, but you're being asked a lot of times to like create on the spot like create right now or here's this beat now create to it so how, how do you like where do you pull that inspiration from or, or or those like um emotions from or whatever the case may be but I, I think the main question is like inspiration what inspires you so the most inspiring thing is the fact that I grew up around music but all different types of music so North Carolina, you got like country, jazz, hip hop, like everything is in like encompassed in one small state. So when people put me on the spot, there's a chance that I've enjoyed a genre that you want me to write to. Yeah. And I just pull from growing up, enjoying music, period. But if I have the chance to really get into it, I'll just be like, okay, lyrically, I studied hip hop. So I'm really good with like metaphors and figurative language. (laughs) (laughs) So I loved it because I loved it growing up and it was so, it was so exciting to me, still is, but it was just exciting to me to, to understand like their cadence and the way they like find pockets and things like that. I was just like, what is going on? But also when it came to ballads, I, I love David Foster because that is, I mean, incredible. And I was just like, how are you making these grand pieces that belong in movies? Like, how do you even do that? So no matter what situation I'm in, I just lean back into what I know. And what I know is I'm very versatile. (laughs) And it helps a lot. But I love, I love the art of storytelling. So I just go back to, okay, how would I tell this story? So that you can picture it. How how would I paint this picture? Because sometimes you can write a vague track. Like pop music is really vague. Um, and I don't I don't want to say it's easy to write. It's not easy. It's just simple. Like you take a couple words and you just repeat those words. 
and make it sound catchy and it's, it's fine. But sometimes people want a little bit more of a deeper meaning. And when it comes to that, I'm like, all right, I, I grew up with hip hop, but I also, you know, we love Adele in the household. We love Tony Braxton. We, we have a very vast understanding concept of music. And Nina Simone was the reason my mom made me get a piano when I was little. Because she played piano, she's from North Carolina, it made sense. Story always took for me. So every ounce of it was just like, all right, if we need jazz influence, I'll go to a jazz bar the night before, see how quickly they switch up the pace, and then I'll just put it in what I do the next day. Shout out to Nina Simone. I think she has a documentary on like Netflix or something. I was looking at it at one point. She has a documentary. I believe somewhere. so. I, I think I watched it. I know I, I, I try to keep up with what she's doing, but yeah. She's from yeah. uh, Tyron, Tyron, North Carolina. Yeah, that's fire. And I just had to Google David Foster and I found out he's a Canadian musician. So shout out to the, you know what I'm saying? Shout out to the the wide range of music that you listen to, that you listen to, because I've never heard of David Foster. So shout out it's to him awesome. too. Yeah, yeah, he's shout really out, great. Shout out to him too. <laughs> I want to ask, what's your favorite genre of music to listen to, and what's your favorite genre of music to write? It's just you know what I'm saying. Me being a fan right now. I, honestly, my favorite genre is it's hip hop. And pop, which are, you would think that would make R&B, but for me, it doesn't. It just, it's hip hop and pop music are my favorite things to listen to because one is, they're just day and night from each other. But my favorite style of music to write is actually ballad. It's these grand pieces with these like massive just strings and horns. And they're just, I don't know, th things that are really cinematic because I kind of just, I kind of like filling in music with drama. And I think mm. that's where my, my theater kid personality comes out. So I, I love an orchestra and I just, I love writing ballads. It's so, it's so easy for me too. I can write a ballad like every single day and feel happy. But when you, when you're like, what are you listening to? I was like, oh, it's just Jason. what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so so bro, when you say ballad, I think of something like uh Whitney Houston. I don't know the name of the song, but when she like and I'll I, always love you, yeah. Exactly, bro. Or mm -hmm. like um like uh Ray Charles, like Georgia, you know what I'm saying, with the strings yeah. and the I love that, it. so that's what a ballad is. That's a ballad. That's a that Whitney's is a power ballad. But that actually fun fact, Dolly Parton wrote that song. Dolly Parton? Yeah, she has her own record. She was gonna give it, she actually was okay. I'm sorry, I'm getting off topic. But um, I went to a screening for the movie Elvis and um, the director was there and we just were having a little chat and he let us know that Dolly Parton wrote I Will Always Love You and she was going to give it to Elvis and his manager wanted him to, he wanted Elvis to record the song and wanted to pay Dolly but not give her any credit for the song which happens a lot even still to this day. There's a lot of people getting paid and they don't have credits and it's it's a, a oddly normalized thing in music. It's not that far fetched, but so then she recorded it on her own, and then she didn't even know that Whitney had recorded it for a movie until so she was just like listening to it. And it came on the radio, and she was like, "Oh my gosh, this sounds amazing!" So yes, that's the power of music. That's a little quick history lesson. That's how nah, this industry works. We just 
write songs in the house of my Nah, that's super crazy though, because I was at the crib watching the Elvis movie, and you went to the permit man. Look, that's what I'm saying. Like this, no, it, like you know it, was what I'm it was a screening. I just went to the screening. Man. But that's the beauty of it, though. It's like, yo, that's crazy. I'm at the crib watching it on HBO Max. You like there, you feel me? That's that's what I'm saying. It's too fly, you know. And one question I wanted to ask you, <laughs> one question I wanted to ask is like. How do you focus on staying creative and keeping the creativity? Because like, I mean, if you're writing every day, mm. I'm sure it's, it's easy to feel drained. And, but yeah. you know, and this next part that I'm about to say really has nothing to do with the question. It's just like a shout out. Like I just wanted to say this. Yeah. I I appreciate the, um I appreciate the IG post that you do. It's this one picture, right? Where and like you, it, it looks like you're in like a, museum of sorts and uh but everything is coordinated like the pants match the background of the you know what i'm saying so it's like you have that that artistic eye like you really are artist down to the aesthetic of everything i love a concept i love a concept crazy crazy you put me on game about that like you and kodak black put me on game about like what you're wearing needs to match the surroundings. That was super fly. Yeah. But how do you focus on staying creative when you're the when your job is to be creative? I I think it's so important that I love my job. I love it. Even on the days where I don't like it, I love it. And I love being creative because I feel like there's so much positivity in being creative. And um I always have to remind myself of that, even when I'm frustrated, because it's frustrating. I mean, it's work. Everybody gets frustrated. So that is like the most important thing. And then also, I travel as often as I can. And I don't know how controversial the statement is, but I I get out of LA as much as I can. Like when I can, when I don't have anything to do for two weeks, I will go to North Carolina. I'll just like go hang out with family or I am in a different city or a different state or a different country, I, I'm, I'm out. Because it, you have to like fill yourself back up after pouring everything out and you have to be filled up with different things. Like, I, yeah, I just like to be surrounded by art in really beautiful places, but also places that are inspiring to me. And it helps me a lot because when I come back, I can I can write about something that even though the person I'm writing for hasn't seen, you can feel the genuine connection there. Like if I write a song about being from a small town, even if it's like pop artists or um, country artists, we get that. We understand what it's like to be from a small town and then we can take it a step further and you have to kind of step back into it and be like, okay, yeah, my life is sometimes really fun. I get to go to studios. I get to go to like cool events. But then I just didn't want that like to be all that I do. Like I need to still gotta write, still gotta have fresh perspective. And sometimes that just means leaving. Like you can't you can't really be as creative as you just sit in the same spot all day or year. In my opinion, no. <laughs> Absolutely, bro. And you were one of the first 
you're one of the first few people that I've seen. This is gonna sound make me sound super country, but you're the first few people that I've seen to go out of the country. And I used to see that in like, like I was saying, bro. I, I'm not gonna say all that on air, but like I saw you going out the country. I saw yeah. you going to these to Italy, Europe, all of these super fly places, eating this crazy food having these, this like crazy scenery backgrounds. It's just like, yo, like she really did that. Like, and you made that, you made, you made me feel like, man, it's possible. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like people can do this too. People can live this lifestyle too. Oh, 100%. What, what was like, what, what was a, what's a memorable place that you went? Like, that's like one of the most memorable favorite places. And you're like, yo, this is, this is where I feel at home. This is where I feel inspired. This is where I feel recharged. And like, ready to conquer the world what was one of those places for you i would say the most memorable place will always be london just because that was my first time going out of the country and i just i fell in love with london instantly like Mm. it it was it was the music it was the culture it was no offense to anybody from england oh my gosh it was like everything outside of the food because i'm i'm a country girl we just eat different but everything uh, else, I was like, I love it here. I uh, just live here. I love this place. Um, but now it's more, I go to, it sounds so ridiculous when I say it out loud. <laughs> but I go to, uh, I go to Paris a lot. And I, I go because I love art. And I love the museums. And I love the pastries and I just love being in a city where it feels like everybody is just in their own novel. It's so, it's so interesting to me and I I really enjoy it. And I was lucky enough to meet some artists and some DJs in Paris and they're all really great. And it's just, the music is different, but it's the same. And we're connected through music. It's like one of the few things that really all around the world, we're all connected through the music we know, the artists we know, the styles that we write in. And I just love Paris because it's such a creative city, but it's not like, it doesn't push creativity in your face. It's just like you you get in there and you just feel it and you, you just walk and you feel feel all of these things and everything is just it to me it's just the the best city to be in I have the most amazing time I like ride bikes and go to museums and I'm just having a great time there and I just I really really love it I love it so much and um yeah that's my that's my top pick for the cities if any any city in Europe it's Paris always (laughs) <laughs> nah, that's super dope, and I can like relate to that. I've never been out the country, but I can relate to it from it to it from a standpoint of like the emotions are the same everywhere you go. Yeah. But how the emotions are expressed or how the emotions are communicated is different, of course, in another country. But like the emotions are the same, whether it's like heartbreak, whether it's you feeling motivated, like you can take over the world. Like the emotions are the same, but just how they gonna communicate it is it, gonna vary. Even like in the country, bro, like city to city, you know? Mm -hmm. Before we started recording, um, we were talking about California as a whole, more specifically Mm -hmm. like LA and just the type of lifestyle, the type of um, 
the word the type of like idea you have of it the notion or like the whatever like is the people view it as well, maybe um, maybe I could just be speaking for myself but it seems like super superficial like super fake super like image based what can you do for me what have you done for me lately kind of vibe mm-hmm. um and you clarify that for me like yeah it is that way but I surround myself with good people I surround myself with the right people yeah and that's what I wanted to ask bro like how did you focus on building your circle and making sure you had good people around you genuine people that that were around you and like just the right fit the right pieces near you like how did you focus on building your team and building your circle I was more focused on, I'm big on how people treat others Mm. because I feel like it's a reflection of how they might treat you one day. And I'm really big on kindness. So I always try to be kind to everybody. Sorry, there's sirens going, but this is LA. It's a good Um, rockstar lifestyle. (laughs) But uh, I got really, I'm really lucky when it it comes to my, my circle of friends. And I've always recognized that because it's not an easy city to live in and people's intentions can be can be messed up like you don't know what what people are friends with you for you have no idea but if you're kind of like operating you just want to be more discerned about it just watch how people treat other people watch how people treat staff watch how people talk to people that can't get them anything and Sometimes if no one knows who you are, if you walk in a room and nobody knows what you do, where you go, where you live, you're just a human being existing and walking into the room and people treat you in the, or a single person treats you with like kindness and respect and genuine interest. That's nine times out of 10, like a, that's probably a cool person to have around or, you know, just because it's not always going to be like that. There's sometimes, especially when I moved here, I walked into rooms. Even now I walk into rooms and people, like, they just look and they're like, okay, anyway. <laughs> like, it happens. It just happens. Like, I don't take it too personally now, but it, it can be, LA is definitely what you make it and it's it's what you surround yourself with. So if you're in positions or in places or with people and you're just like, this is not it, this is not like my morals, my values, what I want to do in my life, then just just ease out, honestly. Just bow out and just like, okay, done. And people change their minds all the time. People like to have this party crazy lifestyle and then they just switch. And next thing you know, they're just doing yoga every day and they're at the beach and now they paddleboard. Like that's, that's fine. It's a good, it's good. Everything changes, everything involves. But I think it's really important if you're, coming for the first time it can be super exciting when you watch everything online but nobody posts or shows like how hard it is to live here and how hard it is to maintain and especially in my friend group we all because not all my friends are not all of them are in music but at times we have like four or five jobs cycling in and out we are writing there some people are doing friends and some people are like working with restaurants there's there's a ton going on at one time but sometimes all you show is just like the fun stuff you just show you know things that look nice 
and even I, I'm guilty of it. We've chatted about it a little bit, but like, I don't even think about it when I post. I'm just like, oh, this was a nice day. I should share that. But I never really show any time I'm at the studio or when I'm frustrated. I'm just, I'm just in my own little bubble. But it does, it does get hard. But if you have a solid circle of good people, you watch how people treat others, you'll get a good idea of how they're going to treat you. And it'll just, it'll make, a, it'll make it a lot easier, especially if you don't have family here. Oh my gosh. That's, that's the rough part. <laughs> what was that LA moment like for you? Like, and I just made that up. I just wrote that down. But like, what was that like? Oh, wow. I'm in LA, like damn, I'm in Hollywood. You know what I'm saying? But like, what was that moment for you? I don't want to say it's so embarrassing. But you it's got to spill it. Because it it's not anything cool. It wasn't even... <laughs> This is so embarrassing, but it was literally, I went to Target, and it's the Target in my neighborhood, <laughs> and it was during Christmas, and Beyonce's mom was at my Target, and I nearly passed Ooh. out, and we were shopping in the same, like, we were both, we were both in, like, the electronic section, and I, you know how you have to wait for them to open the thing when you want something? And it was like two days before Christmas because I'm a last minute person. So I'm a last minute shopper. And um, yeah, Beyonce's mom came in with her husband, Richard Lawson. And she was standing like behind me to wait for the man to finish helping me. And when I tell you my entire body went numb and I was just like, I cannot breathe. Because I've met I've met a lot of famous people. They they're everywhere. We all we all eat at the same places, go to the same places. I just happen to not be famous. I just <laughs> go and they happen to be there. But that was one time I was like, not this being our neighborhood target. Like what is happening <laughs> right now? And I could not breathe. I genuinely I was so shocked. And I told the the guy, I was like, you should help her. And he's like, oh, no, like, I, you just needed this, right? Like, wh what was the question you asked me earlier? And I was like, sir, I don't remember. I need nah. you to get me out of here. Like, this is, do you not know who this is? I, I couldn't breathe. It was, it was such a, that was a moment. That's when I knew. I was like, I should probably, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of Beyonce. And that just solidified it. Because I was just like, I could not move. That was, yeah. That was the coolest day of my life. That was cooler than, like, any Grammy party, anything else, that was, it. that was it for me. I was like, okay, this is really cool. I feel like I've done something right in life. Like, we're at the same Target. We shop at the same Target. I feel so nice. Like, I, that was that was the day I was like, oh, my gosh. That's it. Like, yeah, we made it. Like, nah, We made it. Fly. Like, that was, every, everything else went out the window. Like, this is it. Beyonce's mom is at my Target. Wow. Yeah. Nah, that's that's how I know I'm tweaking because I would have been like, man, I'm asking for photos. I'm over all of that. Like, hey, look, you yeah, called my mom after. She's like, oh my gosh, did you ask for a picture? I was like, mom, that is Beyonce's mother during Christmas time and all this chaos at Target. No, I just was trying to breathe. I was, I remember <laughs> telling my brain to tell my body to breathe. <laughs> And she was, we didn't, we had no interaction. She was just waiting. 
And, you know, like in the electronics department, there's like not a line. You just check out in the little spot. Couldn't breathe. I could not. Nah, that's breathe. crazy. I'm going for I'm done. Like, hey, I need that photo. <laughs> but I mean, like, bro, you just, hey, it's, I mean, hey, it's, it's levels to it. I can't even lie. And just speaking of levels and just like doing fly things on Instagram, yet again, on the Instagram story, man, it's like, it's just a cold place to be. But like, just speaking, speaking of doing fly things, man, I was on the ground one day and I'm scrolling, looking at the stories, whatever the case may be. And I see a private jet, PJ going to Coachella. You know, and I, I hate to bring up things like this or like, you know, hidden, hidden red carpets. You know what I'm saying? Grammys parties. I, I hate to bring up things like, like a fan, but, but PJ to Coachella, that's crazy. Like we can't even just, we can't skip by that. Like that didn't happen. Like, come on, man. There was a, there was like a fundamental reason why I had to fly. Cause I was working that Thursday and I needed to be back at work that Tuesday. I need to be in office. So that's why I said, you know, I have an idea. And my friend let me, I went with my friend and she, she let me plan the trip. And I was just like, you know, I have, I got to be like out office by four. I want to like get there, be able to sleep so that I can wake up at a decent time because we had some some day parties to go to and there was like some influencer events that I don't know why I was invited but I was invited and I was like sure and um yeah it was we we took a plane <laughs> took a plane so that was just that's just light work it's just normal like you just it wasn't because it's super so- rock star out the game we like <laughs> yo we just took a plane no it's not no, no bro this a pj it's a <laughs> private jet let me not abbreviate this is a private jet yeah, but because they charge you by the hour, man, and it was God. it was like a thirty minute flight, so you can't charge me for the whole hour. Man, I'm on a, a PJ. Water. I'm on a PJ. I'm live. I'm going live. I'm live streaming on every app. Like, yeah, we did that. We here with no. it. I felt <laughs> so. You know, I was like, I posted like what two or three stories, and then I wasn't even gonna put it on my Instagram. I was just like, oh. I don't know if I should like. Share that. I'm Facetiming everybody I know. I'm calling everybody. Yeah, man, I'm just on the PJ. Well, like, we just going. We just going. If y'all put me in like charge you. of the trip, just know I got you guys. Like we're we got we're gonna have a nice trip. It's gonna be a fun time. Nah, this is this is crazy. Like you just super rock starred out the game. Was like, oh, yeah, we took a plane. Nah, we gotta clarify. You know, <laughs> we took but. A plane. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we we gotta clarify. But I want to ask you this, like. At this point in your career, how do you define success as an entrepreneur, as a creative, as an influencer? How do you define success? Being able to say no to things that you don't agree with. That was because some people might not know, like music, sometimes you might make a lot of money one month and not see anything for like two, three months. Like you may have gotten paid up front for a project. Two, three months, there's nothing coming in. And then sometimes when you're, my dog is going crazy. Nico, that's fine. But sometimes when you're just like trying to figure it all out, people sometimes are doing jobs or doing things or whatever that they don't agree with, that they don't want to do, that they don't like. And it's 
soul crushing work because it sucks. And there's always times where you're like, I don't want to write for this person or I don't want to work with this person or I don't want to work with this brand. I don't agree with this. And you have to like, cause you have bills to pay. You, you just were, were in charge of our own futures at this point, especially when you're an independent artist. So that's rough, but being able to be like, you know, I'm good. Like, I'm, thank you for contacting me. Thank you for the opportunity, but we're going to pass on that. And being able to really not do it from like a egotistical standpoint, but just doing it because you don't, it doesn't align with you. It's not what you believe in. And you can just say no without worrying so much on, you know, what the next move is going to be. Or even if you are worried, you know, you can figure it out. That's, that's like ultimate success. That's like even above being a household name, above, you know, everybody knowing who you are, above like where you eat, where you can travel to, just being able to like, I don't, I don't deal with this. I don't like this. I'm going to pass. It's ultimate success because there's unfortunately people that aren't in that position. And it won't always be that way. But when you, when you get it, you're like, okay. I'm a, I can say no to that. Thank you. So, uh, yeah, I think that's a, that's like my success. <laughs> I'm just waiting on that day. I'm not quite there yet. Some things I still, you know, I still have to work every single day. I still have to do a ton of work. Even when I travel and I'm with my mom or I'm with family, I'm, I'm working. I'm still, I'm never off the clock. But when I'm able to be like, oh, no, you know, I can't, I can't really do that right now. I'm just taking some time off. Oh my gosh. Can't wait. <laughs> nah, and I think that's super incredible because it's like like I said, I've done a few of these interviews, and this is like mm-hmm. this, this is the first time that I've heard that response. And I think it's a I think it's an important response because it's not something, it's not a reality that people think about. It's not like mm-hmm. a goal that people have. It's not like something that they've contemplated before is like being able to say no especially when you're first starting out because you have to say yes to everything like you have no choice like you mentioned you got bills yeah. to pay things to do but just to have that perspective and I don't know like I heard this quote and I know I'm gonna like mess it up and butcher it and all of that but like you're defined by the things that you say no to or something like that but like it it means a lot when you can say no to certain things and like it shows that you have um, I don't want to say standards, but like it shows that you have like boundaries and limitations. Like, bro, all money is not good money, and I think that's an important yeah. lesson to learn, especially in the in a in a city like LA, in an industry like the music industry. You know, what I'm saying I'm not gonna get into the conspiracy theories and the things that I've heard and the things that I believe. You know what I'm saying about it being, you know, yeah. but whatever. But it's like. I think that's a dope perspective to have in a in a great marker for success. Just like, yo, what can I say no to? And I think mm-hmm. that that speaks to like the boss mentality, the boss mindset, which is the. Whole also, I think it's important to go into situations and go into even scenarios in your mind with like these are my absolute no's. Like, mm. just, even even if it's never been brought up to you, just be like, just in case anybody was thinking anything answers no off the bat just want to 
wanted to let you guys know where I stood and then we worked from there. But yeah. Absolutely. Real stand up, real stand up person, man. So <laughs> what would you say is the most important reason for your success and the success that you've experienced up until this point? I would say people people being gracious enough to give me an opportunity speaks a lot for my success. Um, and diligence speaks a lot for my success because I'm really self-aware. So I know, I know when I'm being lazy. I know when I didn't give like 110% that day and I can't complain about what I don't have because I didn't put in the work to get it. Like it makes no sense. So um, I always try to keep myself in check and I love having my friends. They know who they are. They keep me in check. They'll be like, hey, we haven't, we haven't seen you at the studio in like two days. Where you at? So I think it's important to have that, but also just people being kind enough to give me an opportunity. Like that's, that's so pivotal and it, it really does change people's outlook on life and it changes, it can change your reality, especially in a city like this for you to be like, hey, I write music. They're like, yes, it's everybody else. It's LA. So when they're like, okay, you know, what, what, what kind of music do you write? Do you, do you want to come to a little jam session? Nothing too serious. And you just see what you can contribute. It's really, really, really kind. And I always, always, always appreciate that. Like, cause it's so nice. It's so nice for people to do things like that. And it doesn't happen often, but when it does, when you're prepared and you, you know what you have to offer, you know your talents, you know your strengths, it just, like, even if nothing comes from it, you you at least got a chance to be creative. You got a chance to learn something and you take that memory with you. And who knows what happens five years from now? You never know. Like, I run into people now that I met when I first moved here and we're all over the place, but it's just incredible because some of them are doing amazing massive things and i'm just like wow that's amazing that's so incredible and we don't ask each other for anything but we always will have like that genuine respect and friendship on some level so i think that's really great absolutely man and just hearing like the it's just another constant theme man of just like kindness hmm. from you like being a accessible saying this earlier but I just think it's dope and then just hearing like the gratitude side of it that just makes me and I know the listeners like want to root for you and like want to see you win want to go up and want to go crazy because it's just like the gratitude and gratefulness can't help but to like support the vision and support everything that you're doing what is the future of songwriting and being a creative look like to you where do you want to take this? Do you mean like what, where I want to go as far as a songwriter? Yes, ma'am. Oh, I don't know. I think I've been, I've been just really, really, really interested in film scores. And I would love to do soundtracks and have a chance to compose a soundtrack. Um, I think that is, it takes a lot of work. It's really hard to do. I, I know that, but I think that would be absolutely amazing to just have a foot in the door with that and being able to, you know, see how the day-to-day -day would operate. Um, 
and then just maybe making some of my own like creative little projects on the side or collabing even more with other writers and artists I think those are my two main things that I'm focused on as far as like a three-year plan goes because I'm operating in a three-year plan at the moment so I'm just like this is what I'm going to spend my time working towards what message or advice would you give to people who, that want to get into the industry and that want to do what you've done move from you know wherever in the country to LA to chase their dreams what advice or what what message would you send to that person I would say first of all first and foremost absolutely do it like if, if it's placed in your heart to do it it's placed there for a reason it's not going to be easy. It's not, it's not easy not to have family around. I mean, that's really hard, but also sharpen, like sharpen your tools and know, know what you do well and lean into it and always practice because I think people don't realize, or maybe no one shares it, but we, we all as writers, as pianists, as guitarists, as instrumentalists, vocalists, everybody still practices, you know, everyone still goes to vocal lessons, still practice piano. I still go and like play piano often just to make sure I'm still good and, and uh, good and creative and balanced. <laughs> so I think if you decide this is an industry you want to be in, go for it, but be mindful of your strength. So that way also, when you know where your weak areas are, you have kind of like teams that really fill you up where you're lacking you they bring something to you that you can't bring to yourself and then you can just be like gracious and have that working for you the whole time morgan thank you so much for your time today man i've really enjoyed thank this conversation you. this has <laughs> honestly been one of my like favorite episodes it means a lot to me man and uh i'm i'm happy to see like the growth and where you are and like all the things that you've accomplished in this short period of time. So, you know, thank you for giving us the chance to pick your brain and sit down and talk with you and learn more, man. I really enjoyed this episode. Thank you.